Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. We got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about our favorite moments from the 2022 postseason for the Astros. The genius that is Dana Brown, Michael Brantley playing first base today, and more. But you know, before we can get to all that good stuff, we got to bring him on. Tom, what's up, buddy? What's up, Rob? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It has been far too long since my last sports confession, Astros confession. The boys are back in town. They're in spring training. They're doing all the things. Rob's already hinted at some of it. We're going to get into all of it. It's it's a really exciting time to be an Astros fan. I can't wait. It's definitely exciting as far as doing the podcast because it seems like there's stuff to talk about every day now. There's going to but for a while there was like nothing. I think we did maybe four or five podcasts last month, but it's going to come quick, folks, and that the content's going to be there. So get ready. All right, so I spoke about this I saw a poll. I don't know who did it, but it said, what was your favorite 2022 Astros postseason moment? Your options are this. Alvarez's ALDS walk-off. Alvarez's go-ahead three-run homer. Chaz McCormick's catch on the wall. Or game four, no-hitter. Do I get to go first? Yes. This was actually really tough. I saw the same poll and instantly, you know, you start reading and the first one, I think the first one was the, the three run walk off. You want to click that one right away. But as I got to going through it, the further I got down, I feel like the go ahead Homer was just so much more critical. You know, the world series was still kind of in the balance, you know, like, like for me, that one right there, just kind of, it was, it was just another tier. There is no wrong answer. Anybody that picked one, no wrong answer at all. All of them great moments. All of them fantastic in and of themselves. But for me, that one just felt like it just a, a, a touch better. It's a very well put together poll. I did what you said, buddy. I read it and I said, Jordan's three run homer. And I think that's what the majority of the people did. 52% voted for that three run homer. 23% went your way with the ALDS walk off. The game four no-hitter got 16, and Chaz McCormick, 9%. An amazing moment for Chaz McCormick. Does it deserve to be up here with these three? I'm not sure, but the people have spoke. We have spoke. All right. Do you play fantasy baseball? Because I don't. I was thinking maybe we should play fantasy baseball, but then we'd have to play fantasy football. We could play against the listeners. Something like that. That would be fun. But is that might be too much on my plate. I don't know if I could do it. I play fantasy everything. The, probably the the worst I'm at, if I'm being honest, is fantasy baseball because there's just so many guys and there's so many games. Football, it's kind of simple. You know, you set it up. You kind of go back over it once or twice throughout the week. You pretty much know where you're going to go. The draft happens. It's, it's really tough to really get away too far. Yeah. Basketball, a little bit harder. But, I mean, you you basically just got to check it in the morning for the night, set it up real quick. Baseball, it just seems like there's so many moving parts. There's so many guys, and it's, it's, it's harder. For me, it's just so much harder. I think you have to make moves every day. But I think also, I, I think, 
when I played it, I think there was a limit on everything. I, I don't think you could like switch back and forth between people and try to get, I don't know. I think it was an average. So sometimes you would be winning and somebody could have a bad game and you could lose, even though they did great the whole week. I don't remember because it was a long time ago. And uh, I'm down for it, though. I'm down for it. I can tell you that. But anyway, they had the top 10 player rankings. There were two Astros. Number six, Kyle Tucker. Number eight, Jordan Alvarez. Surprised at all? Not at all. I mean, when you think about the numbers they produced last season, these were these were some of the most productive guys in baseball already. Now, in my opinion, you you give them the opportunity to be more productive because they're left-handed hitters that aren't going to have to deal with the shift. Kyle Tucker, a base dealer, stole 25 bags, I believe, last year. He's going to get, what, two inches each way? His trip from bag to bag just got shorter. So the odds are he's at least going to give you that. He's probably going to give you more. So you start looking at all these things, and I find it really hard to not have at least two Astros in the top 10. And then you could talk about the guys like, I guess, 10 through 20 being two more Astros. That lineup's going to be so potent. Jose Abreu is probably going to jump off the page. I don't know. So the top three are Trey Turner, Aaron Judge, and Acuna. Let me ask you this, because I know my answer. You got first pick in the draft. Are you taking Tucker or Jordan over these three guys? Because I, I want my I want my guys. See, I can't do that. I've got rules in place that kind of like keep me from being too much of a homer. Because if, if I you're not do playing that, for money, what if you're not playing for money? Oh well, then it doesn't matter. I'm but a homer all the way. I am pretty bad about wanting to play for something because if you don't have if you don't have anything on, on you know bragging rights, something. I mean, you got to have something because if not. Three, four weeks down the road, somebody goes, ah, I'm 0-4. Ah, I don't care. I'm done. Yeah. You make them put their wallet behind it, then they're at least going to try. You know what I mean? So for me, I would I'm take always... them. Even for money, because that's the team I watch. I would take as many Astros as I could. I don't care. That's tough. Depends you're, on you're how the... big... Depends You're on how the guy big the I look pot to take is. advantage of. <laughs> no, I, I would totally be competitive, but I mean, I would be smart about it. But I would try to get Astros. I don't. I, I think Kyle Tucker is going to be even better than he was last year. Jordan will be better than he was last year. I don't know what the difference is that these guys are going to score, but I would definitely take Tucker first if I had the choice. I feel like I feel like the guy you didn't name is the guy that I probably take, and that's probably Shohei Otani. Because you get, Otani, you get points for him pitching. I thought you had to choose. Him. I thought that I saw that on fantasy that you had to choose which way you're going to use him. So you do, but it's that day. You can't uh, get what he does at the plate and what he pitches. Okay. So the other, the rest of the other five days, he can be a hitter in your lineup. And you're the picking two he, guys with one pick. Mm -hmm. I, I read something about this. About this is just off script here, but. I am 100% convinced Otani is not going to stay with the Angels. This guy wants to win. I don't think he – Mike Trout signed up for the rest of his life. He's stuck there. Otani's not going to stay there. I know it's the way too early 
discussion, right? I mean, I think that's next year where it gets kind of critical where they've got to do something. But we could, could you imagine that a, a, a trade deadline deal for Sohei Otani? Blockbuster. You just blockbuster in the world for any team. What what, what hurts like me when we talk about that? The Asian players in the, in the past have all wanted to stay on one of the coasts so they could get closer to home, right? The West Coast being more prevalent, Dodgers, uh, Giants, Angels, Padres. So while I would absolutely love to see a Shohei Otani trade just for the, the pageantry of it all, just for the, wow, we, we saw these players move or this or that or whatever, it kind of sucks because I can't see the Astros getting involved, and I and selfishly, absolutely put him in in in, you know, put him in that. Uh, I say zero percent chance the Astros get him, no matter what. Absolutely, I agree. They would want too much, and he would want too big of a contract. So, I mean, rental that one year rental, maybe if he's like, hey, give me some prospects, put me on the Astros. They're number one. In the AL, I want to go play there and win a World Series. I can see that happening. But after that, long-term deal, no, not going to happen. I can't see the Angels ever sending the Astros another anything. You know? <laughs> it's true. Like the, I mean, I mean, they sent Maldi this way, right? That was the last trade they made in between. So I, I, I feel like we're dead to them. <laughs> All right, buddy. Did you see the picture by the batting cages of Jeremy... 24-inch Pythons, Pena. The guy was already built before this. Is he bigger, or is it just the picture? Because he was pretty big. I, I think it's a lot of the picture. I think this guy has been big since day one. It, it, I'm not saying he's not working it's out. It's the, the way he's standing, too, and the way he's holding his arm. He's in full flex right there. That's true. So, uh, if you want all the tricep extension, you got it right there in that picture. Uh I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he, he could be bigger. I mean, he's huge. Regardless, he's huge. It makes me wonder if he's going to be a shortstop long-term because he's just so big, and I don't think he's getting any smaller. I don't think he's getting <laughs> any leaner. Is it going to, you know I mean, is he going to wear down? But pff, I'm enjoying the ride while we got it. I mean, he's amazing, athletically talented, yeah. huge shortstop. I remember when they were comparing a picture of uh... – there was like this weird picture of Carlos Correa working out. Like the weirdest, like you're like, this guy's a weirdo. And then there was a picture of Jeremy Pena in a hot tub. And they're like, this is our shortstop. The guy was built. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I just think it was the way he was holding his arm. You know, there were some Yankee fans taking jabs saying, you know, like, I can't wait for this guy to get busted for steroids or of all the people, right? Yeah. Like they wrote the book on, on steroid use, <laughs> but hey, I can't wait for some other team to get caught. Get out of here. Yeah. All right. So this is kind of different from what I was talking about. And I could use it on either podcast because as you guys know, we do the bullpen talking about the Houston Texans. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. But in a three-month span, Philadelphia – Lost the World Series, the MLS championship game, and the Super Bowl. My question for you, if you're a fan, is it a disappointment or do you feel 
like overall, your teams are pretty successful. I mean, for me, I'm disappointed, obviously, but I'm really excited about the fact that, you know, we're right there. You got to think too, like if, if, if Philly's getting shade, people are just not smart about it because that Eagles team is, is probably young and up and coming. Not probably, but it is. I don't know too much about the, uh, the, the MLS team, but I should, I'll, I'll make, make a point to do that. MLS, there's a lot of volatility year to year to year. Teams go up and down, up and down. The dynamo are going to be really good this year, I think. And they were one of the worst teams in, in soccer last year. Uh, the Austin FC really, really good year before worst team in soccer. So they can make moves and jump really quick. Um, the Phillies, they got better. The Phillies got better. So it's it's not like the Phillies are going away. You add Trey Turner, they're going to be right there. So I, I I can see where you could be disappointed as a Philly fan, but optimistic at the same time. I saw a power ranking. like The top 10 teams in baseball, I, I don't remember who made it. The Philly, I don't even think the Phillies are on there. And if they are, they're like number nine. And I'm thinking this team was one of the best teams last year. Albeit they got hot at the right moment. And they added Trey Turner. It's a little bit disrespect. Of course, you got to put the Yankees. You got to put. What about the Dodgers? They're like way down there also. They just lost everybody. You got an aging Clayton Kershaw. I just feel like the Dodgers are going to have a lot to deal with, a lot to overcome. You know, a lot of their glue guys uh, that it seemed like they were always, you know, that one extra piece, right? They're going to be leaned on now to be heavy producers. And I just don't know if that Dodger team is going to be, obviously they'll have Mookie. They'll have, uh, they'll have Clayton back. You know, they've got, they've got Freddie Freeman. They've got guys, they've got names. Definitely. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be tough for them, I think. All right, next subject. There's a story, MLB.com. It said a player from each team who needs to prove themselves. So every time they do this, I click on it, as always. Scroll. I don't even look at the other teams. I scroll. (laughs) Who do the Astros have? When I decided to click it and scroll, 100%, I thought it would be Forrest Whitley. 100%. I don't know why, but it wasn't him. Do you know who it is? I don't, but if I had to guess, I'd say Chaz McCormick. You're correct. You are the smartest guy ever. That's <laughs> It is him. It says Jake McCormick, a healthy Jake McCormick. I mean, Jake Myers, my bad. Healthy Jake Myers will push him. And he needs a strong regular season to establish himself as a starter. That is from Brian McTaggart. And as much as we love Chaz in the playoffs, it's like Yuli, right? He didn't do anything in the playoffs. He he showed up. And Chaz kind of showed up in the playoffs. We spoke about this before. When Jake Myers was, when he came on the scene, healthy, before he got hurt, he was good. So I can see this happening. I can see Jake Myers fighting him for this starting center field spot, if healthy. I just feel like, and it's and it sucks. I really, or it's it, it's the worst thing, the worst possible scenario for Chaz, because this team is so talented. 
the microscope on him is going to be so, so, you know, or the lights are going to be so bright on him because of all the other pieces around him. You know, I mean, I, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know, that's, that's the old adage. I feel like when you look at this team, from top to bottom, he's the squeaky wheel. Like, there's <laughs> no one else you look at and go, man, I don't know. You look at everybody else and go, I know what I'm going to get. I know what I'm going to get. Chaz is the only one, and probably not, it's probably not fair. Because Chaz has been really, really productive. He's had really, really flashy moments. Obviously, his defense is, is elite, in my not my estimation. But it's, it's all going to be about the bat. It's always going to be the one time he goes... Oh, for eight, one for 10, you know, something like that where people are going, why are we not, why is the production? You feel like Maldi gets a pass because he's so elite behind the dish. Chaz won't get that regardless of what he does in center field. Uh, this has been something that since George Springer left has been that sort of thing. Jake Myers, the first time he struggled, everybody said, what, what what's going on in center field? What's going on in center field? I don't think it's fair to these guys. And and that's going to be something that I think it's going to be talked about all spring. Hopefully he comes out, you know, right out the gate hot. So he kind of gets lost in it a little bit. He can just go out there and play. But the first time he struggles, people are going to start to go, all right, where, where, where can we fix it? Who, who can, who can, who can be plugged in? What's Yiner Diaz doing? What's uh? there's a first round pick from last year that got hurt. They're talking about him. Like he could come in now and be the center fielder. Like it's crazy. The guy from Tennessee. I, w- I wish I could think of. Yes. Name. Yes. But Dane is like, I'd like to see him come up and challenge for the center field spot. The guy's played like 10 games. It's crazy. And that, but he was, he was white hot with the bat, but that's so tough for, for Chaz to have to hear it. And he did the most gracious thing a guy can do. He owned it. They interviewed him today. He owned it. He's like, absolutely. Because Dusty said the same thing. Maybe there'll be a little competition there. And he said, no, I haven't been consistent. I need to be consistent. And that's so hard to do because all that does is dwell on, dwell on you, dwell on you, dwell on you. Yeah. So I really hope that he just locks it up and makes it much about nothing, but the eyes are going to be on him for sure. If you look at the name of the story, one player from that team, I mean, they're not going to say Brantley. They're not going to say Jordan. They're not going to say Tucker. Altu- they're not going to, I mean, who else are they going to say? So that's, I don't know. That's a pretty obvious choice that I wasn't obvious about. I didn't notice it. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Are you looking up that guy's name? Drew Gilbert. There you yes, go. I am. I Drew had Gilbert. I was going to... Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to get you to talk so I could look it up, but thank you. Yep. The guy's good. The guy's a star. Very good. Yeah. You know who else is good? Astros Future just featured him. Zach Daniels. This dude has a lot of power, albeit in low A, high A, and double A. Keep an, keep an eye on that. This is like a David Hensley, somebody that's – not on the top charts or whatever. He might be. I don't even know the top 30 for the Astros, but dude, this guy's got some power. The videos I saw, look out for this guy, Zach Daniels. And I love Jack Daniels, so give me some Zach Daniels as well. All right. Now, the genius, that is Dana Brown. 
So I'm just going to offer this up to everybody. I did not write neat notes today. So I may struggle with some of these things I say. Because to me, it looks like Panda Brown. But it's Dana Brown. Did you see how they picked up Matt Gage? I looked at his stats. I read about him. This guy looks good. It looks like he was on a team that just had too many people and they needed to make room on the 40-man roster. The Astros had 39 men. They had an opening. And Dana Brown said that they offered him a signing bonus to keep him from testing the free market. They gave him a $770,000 pay but for playing in the minor leagues, which is a lot of money, and he gave him a $125,000 bonus. That was his plan to get him. He said it was unprecedented. He said, I had to get creative. And he even called the Major League Baseball offices and said, can we do this? He said, I told them we needed this player. What do I have to do to get him? And he said, I'm hoping that he can be a big sign. And like I said, when I led this topic off, I can't believe the other team let him go. I, I mean, the guy looks solid. Relievers it seem to be like the 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 dime a dozen guy, right? You're either elite or you're all lumped in the same same boat. Uh, I know we were talking fantasy football earlier. Tight end is like that. You know, there's like three stud tight ends, and everybody else is just kind of okay. So I think this was a case of that. A, a really good left hander, but not elite. So Toronto was like, I guess we can let him go. You're right. I looked at his numbers too. He looks really good. That has been something that this team has sorely lacked as a left-handed bullpen guy. And this could be the guy. I, I think that it, it shows Dana Brown's willingness to exhaust all options to get something done, which I think is great. He could have very easily, you know, just kind of did whatever he could waiver claim that kind of deal. And then oh, I can't get him. I can't get him. But he went out above and beyond to make this happen, which only makes you feel like he's going to make moves for this team. They're, they're never going to be without something. And, and if they are, he's going to do look under every stone, do whatever he has to do to find the talent that this team needs to be good, which it doesn't need much. Dude, I'm all about Dana Brown. Love the guy already. All right, we, I spoke about this at the beginning. Michael Brantley practicing at first base today. He said, we'll see how it goes. Yep. This is vintage Michael Brantley. If I can help the team out, I'll be available. He'll learn whatever he has to. I don't know if they'll need him. David Hensley can play first. I know he's going to be there. You got Abreu. I don't know who else can play first, but it did say in the story that it depends on maybe if J.J. Matichevic makes it because he can also play first. Maybe they give him a chance. Some people say put Jordan there. I don't I don't know if Jordan can play first. He's pretty decent at left field. So what do you think about this? Michael Brantley playing first. He's left-handed. He's talented. I think he can do it. So I didn't I didn't buy into it too much after I saw what Dusty said. So they interviewed Dusty, and Dusty goes, We're not seriously considering this. But it's an opportunity to get him some reps. Just see. And something else that I thought was interesting that I don't think anybody else is talking about. They had Jose Abreu at, sh at short. They had him fielding ground balls at short. And it's like, nobody's talking about that. that that's that got to be even weirder, right? <laughs> so I think 
a lot of this is just giving the opera, you know, just giving them the opportunity to, to, okay, we did some of this in spring training in case something happens where we need to start talking about God forbid that, you know, a, a crazy injury happens to any of the guys, but if there was something they would at least be able to go, okay, this isn't completely foreign. We talked about it. We took some, you know, Jose Abreu may, maybe gets injured and you need somebody at first. You don't want to lose Michael Brantley's bat, but he's not ready to play the outfield. Maybe you slide him in at first. It's not something that you would ever plan on, yeah. but all contingency. No, but I think this is how the super utility was born, right? A yeah. lot of these guys just started playing some of these positions in spring training just to get a feel for it. And I was like, hey, I could do that. And then lo and behold, you know, something happens, somebody gets hurt, slide him over. I think it's great. I, I think last year, Jordan Alvarez was taking some ground balls and doing some work at first. I believe so. He didn't come close to playing first. And, and it was the same thing. Dusty said, we're not really serious. But Michael Brantley said, he could, I think he could do it if he wanted to, but probably not at the level that a real first baseman could. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Dana Brown. He said, Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman should retire in Houston. They interviewed Altuve. I think they interviewed both of them today, but Altuve said, I hope to retire here. I can't see him wearing any other uniform. I can't either. I think it's great that Dana Brown got out in front of this because then they immediately turned around. The media immediately turned around and asked both these gentlemen about it. And they were excited that, that Dana felt that way. I think in, in any negotiation like this, it's always a two to tango type deal, right? you have to start somewhere. And I think this was definitely the opening salvo to try to get these guys to start talking about extensions. Bregman got interviewed. Uh, like you said, he loved it. He loves Houston, loves the the fan base, his, his teammates, all of that. He said, I love that Dana Brown came out and said that we're all ears. Those were his words. So for them to kind of get the ball rolling on this thing so that we're not talking about them, you know, spring training next year, I think is great. It'll be interesting to see what kind of deals he gets signed between now and opening day. Cause I think once opening day hits, then it's like, all right, leave these guys alone. I know we've seen contract extensions in the middle of the season, but a lot of these guys lately have been really like, I just want to focus on the game. So this makes me think that there's a potential for him to get some stuff signed up in the next couple months. Yep. I agree with you. Uh, let me go to this. I have some more about Altuve and Bregman coming up. My notes are kind of out of order, uh, but Dubon, did you see Dubon last year weighed 165? He comes into spring training 190. The guy said he was eating five ca- five thousand calories of food, and he got so sick of eating that he couldn't even look at food. He was a little guy last year. He can play center field. JV's personal center fielder. Maybe he's got some more uh, power. At the plate, maybe he can compete with these other two guys for center field. It's an option. I think he's definitely somebody that Dusty has shown faith in in the past. So for him to want to, you know, work on his craft, work on his body to kind of improve where he probably needs to improve to be able to win that center field job, it's probably a good a good problem to have to have too many serviceable guys, kind of like Jose Siri last year, say catcher, 
isn't a thing or we're, we're still having problems with the offensive side of the catcher position. Now you've got a guy that you could use as trade bait. I hate to say that about anybody, but that the, the fact of the matter is, is that there's a surplus of young serviceable center fielders. Maybe they use them to go out and get a catcher or something like that. We'll see. Maybe. And the thing about Dubon as well is he's the utility guy. So I don't think the other two guys can play infield positions or anything. So thinking about that a little more, I don't think that's going to happen. Let me see. I got three things here and I'm going to save one for last because it doesn't have anything to do with the Astros, but it kind of does. <laughs> All right. I made this poll. Oh, there's the 10 minute warning. So just in time. All right. So I put a poll out and I tried to do my best to make it a hard choice. You go to dinner and drinks, maybe like Buffalo Wild Wings, and you get to pick a trio of Astros player. And I grouped them together. Alex Bregman, this is group one, Bregman, Brantley, Maldonado. Group two, Jeremy Pena, Ryan Stanek, Jordan Alvarez. Group three, Kyle Tucker, Ryan Presley, Framer Valdez. Group four, Jose Altuve, Lance McCullers Jr., and Chaz McCormick. Oof. It's, it's so interesting listening to your groupings because you've got like some guys that are kind of reserved is the word I'm going to use. They probably wouldn't say a lot. Then you got some guys that are kind of outspoken. So I feel like they kind of steal the spotlight. Selfishly, yeah. I'm probably going to take the, the, the two way group. Yeah. Because I, I don't think they'd be the best guys to go have a beer with, but I would just want to say that I'm sitting in the booth with those guys, him. L I take that back. LMJ would be great to have a drink with. Oh, LMJ yeah. would be definitely great. I think the other two guys would just kind of be there. Chaz would be great. You see him do the dance. Be, Chaz I think, would probably be great. I think Chaz is a cool guy. Yeah. Well, that trio finished second with 35%. Kyle Tucker, who I would love. I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I interviewed him one time. And I did horribly, but he wasn't the guy. <laughs> he had he had been up in the big leagues and went back down. He was a September call-up. But he wasn't the guy Tucker he is now, or I'd been even more nervous. But he's reserved. Presley, he seems reserved too. But I think me and him would get along. And then Framber, I mean, can the guy speak English good enough to hang out and have fun? I don't know. And they got 7%. Jeremy Pena seems cool. Stanek is a hippie. He seems super cool. And Jordan. I don't think Jordan speaks English very much. So he, you would just be inner, you would just be enjoying being with this mammoth man. So I went with Bregman, who seems very cool. Brantley is very reserved, but I think that Michael Brantley has a lot to say around people he knows in public. I think he's probably one of the coolest guys ever, but he just keeps it to himself. And then, of course, Martino Maldonado. Martin Maldonado is my favorite player, so <laughs> Alex Bregman's cool. I want to know what Brantley has to say, and I love Maldonado. So that's who I picked, and they got 46% of the vote. I think people thought like you about the language barriers with all the other groups. Personally, I'd figure it out. We, we, we'd find a way to find a middle ground somewhere. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'd make it work.
All right, my other one. So we talked about Bregman and Altuve. And someone posted this as a question, as a poll on uh, Twitter, and I couldn't find it. But you can only keep one of them. Who do you keep? Oh, gosh. You don't have the money to sign both of them. You can only keep one. My answer is Bregman. (laughs) Okay. Bregman's never even been near. He's never even smelt being my favorite player. Dude gets on base. He's got power. He's amazing. I mean, how are you going to replace that guy at third base? I don't know if you can. Altuve is also amazing. The best second baseman ever, but the best players in the league aren't second basemen. Give me Alex Bregman. You're insane. Altuve is going to go on the Mount Rushmore of Houston sports icons was all said and done. He's going to set every record probably hitting for any Astro probably hits. I mean, he probably have homers who knows? Like, I mean, obviously Jordan probably take him eventually, but those are all going to be his marks at some point in time. Like he does everything. Well, he's the ultimate team guy. He's probably cheaper to sign out of the two. Like, Oh give yeah. Me Jose, give he's me older. We still got two years. We still got two years to judge them. So I'm kind of wow. just basing it on. I know. I, I just think Bregman would be hard to, I don't want to get rid of either one of them, <laughs> but I just think Bregman overall would be a harder guy to replace. I don't know. I the guy's amazing at third base. It's amazing. He is. All right. I saw this too. We're running out of time. Maybe let me skip that. See if we have time. I'm going to skip that. Okay. So let's hear this ridiculous story I want to share at the end for you. The Dodgers hired the video replay guy from the Red Sox. The same video replay guy that got suspended from baseball for cheating. He did, I don't what he did was legal, but then he was watching the game and he changed his report and they were they they knew about it. And they end up beating the Dodgers in the World Series. They were cheating. They maybe not doing what we were doing, but they were cheating. Mookie Bet said, we didn't use it in the World Series. <laughs> and even Clayton Kershaw is like supporting Boston. The Red Sox batted 353 in the World Series with a runner on second. Mookie Betts is full of it. They're all full of it. I don't really get upset, but I just think it's so crazy. They have Mookie Betts who cheated them in the World Series, and now they got the scapegoat of the Red Sox. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's almost as nuts as them, as the Yankees hiring Beltron, and then, I don't know, it's crazy. I'm not going to give it any time. I'm not, because everyone wants to talk about this, and – Everybody wants to talk about it like C, 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 you know, like pointing at it. I'm not I didn't say it. anything. I'm not going to comment on it or anything. I just no, brought no, it no. up here. But, but, but that's, that's why people are bringing it up because yeah. of how it looks, because of the optics. For me, the best way to deal with them is not to deal with them at all. Yeah. Like, kiss the I ring. Mean, I mean, it doesn't. Kiss the ring. <laughs> like, I'm not saying anything about the Astros. I'm saying that these guys are nuts. This is the guy that got suspended 
And the team that he cheated and Mookie Betts cheated, they, they're both there now. It's just ridiculous. All right. I'm going to give you this before we do our your final thoughts. Me and my wife did this earlier. Okay. You have a hamburger with only the bread and the bun. Four toppings. I'll tell you mine real quick because I've already thought of this. I don't want two condiments, so I'm going with mayonnaise. Cheese, bacon, lettuce. Cheese, bacon, avocado, jalapeno. No mustard mayonnaise? Don't need it. You may be right. (laughs) All right. So, Tom, do you have any final thoughts? Yes, and they'll be short and sweet. They'll be short and sweet. I think that this spring training is going to be a lot of fun. I think they're having a lot of fun. They're in a day early which all that does is scream. They love being around each other. They love playing for each other. These guys are on a mission to right all the wrongs, to set everyone straight so that nobody nobody can talk anything crazy. And I'm just really excited. I think they're playing for Jose Abreu. I think they want everybody that comes in the clubhouse to have the same success they did. And I love that that's the, you know, the rallying cry. You know what I mean? We got to get this guy a ring, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's awesome. Uh, I, I feel like when they interviewed Brantley, they made Brantley feel like, hey, we're getting this ring for you. We're, do- we're doing this. So this season is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I, I We just got to get to open a day. We just, we just need to hurry up because I'm ready. I'm already pumped just with – it's kind of like you're sitting here with no baseball and you think, oh, spring training's 20 days away, 30 days away or whatever. And you can't – it's like you can't really remember what that does to you. But now that it's here, it's so exciting. Baseball is back. It's pretty much the only sport I watch besides football. It's it's baseball. When it ends, football starts. When it ends, baseball starts. That's my life, baseball and football. Anyway, before we run out of time, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball.